Welcome to the Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. Now, here's your host, Jacqueline James Friedman. Hello and welcome to Path to a Better Future. I am Jacqueline James Friedman and today's topic on TalkZone Radio is on self-mutilation. If you would like to join our conversation, the phone lines are open. Please call 888-463-6748 or 888-GO-FOR-IT. We are taking your calls on TalkZone right now. My guest, Lauren, has a long history of cutting herself. She will be revealing the devastating measures to overcome her torture and how she took steps to finding solutions to a path to a better future. Hi, Lauren. Are you with us? Yeah, hey, um, thank you for asking me to come on. Oh, you're very welcome, my dear. I'm thanking you for giving up your time to share this story with me um, and for others who may be well listening in. So thank you very much. First of all, Lauren, I'd like to just go into uh, how psychology today has described the infliction of self-harm, okay? So first of all, they, they, they describe it as the deliberate infliction of damage to your own body, which includes cutting, burning, and other forms of injury. While cutting can look like an attempted suicide, it's not. Most people who mutilate themselves do it as a way to regulate their mood. People who hurt themselves in this way may be motivated by a need to distract themselves from inner turmoil or to quickly release anxiety that builds due to an inability to express intense emotions. So, Lauren, with that said, would you say that this is a fairly accurate description of what represents you when you were cutting? Uh, yeah, I think so. Cause okay. When, like it said, when you're trying to release the anxiety, it's kind mm. of like a fast way to get rid of all of the built-up feelings that you get from either holding it from that day or that week. Mm. Can you tell me when this started for you, Lauren? Um, it started around sixth grade, so I was about 12. Okay. What made you start to cut yourself or harm yourself? We'll go into exactly what you were doing, but what made you start doing this? Um, well, I had heard about it before, but I never thought of trying it myself. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like when you bottle up all of your emotions, there just needs to be some way of letting it out, whether it be cutting yourself or screaming or hold, just holding it all in. And mm-hmm. if you can't find an outlet for it, cutting can help. So... I heard about it, and I guess I just tried it, and it worked, and then it just went downhill from there. Okay. What were you doing exactly? As in, like, what was I using? Yes. What were you doing? Were you cutting? Yes. Okay. And what? Sorry? Oh, no. I was cutting. um, I could pretty much use anything that I find, paper clips razors, anything sharp, I guess. 
Now, were other girls doing this too, Lauren, in your year? Yes. It, okay. Um, it wasn't super popular, but those of us who did it kind of hung around each other until mm. it got, like, too much, and we would go our separate ways. Mm. Okay. Now, it would appear that we have a slight... Um, reception problem, uh, Lauren, with the phone. Um, can you hear me clearly? Yeah, I can hear you clearly. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, can you tell me in detail what you would do? Let's talk about, for example, you'd be at school in the day, and then what would make you go off and do something like this to yourself? Well, um, I'm overweight and I have like, I'm, I'm bisexual. So okay. I get teased over my weight or my sexual orientation and they would just torture me over and over throughout the day. And mm. it, I would act like nothing was bothering me, but mm. when in reality, deep in, it really just does bother me. And by the time I would get home, I would be sobbing and crying, and I just need a relief. So I would turn cutting, and it just would get worse and worse throughout the years that I had been doing it. Hmm. Okay. Um, most people would go home and cry, Lauren. They wouldn't necessarily cut themselves. So is this something typical of what the young girls were doing at the time? Um, yes and no. Okay. Um, okay. They would cry and they would complain, but only like a few of us would actually like cut to the point of like super bad. I can't, I can't think of the word, but it's really like harmful. <laughs> Hmm. Did you discuss this with your other friends? Um, yes, I did, but not, like, in super detail. Like, she knew that I did it, but she didn't know to the extent of how well I did it. Okay, so it wasn't really a secret, or it was? It, was, it wasn't It was a secret to our little group, but to everyone uh -huh. else it was. Gotcha. Okay. So you were experiencing uh, bullying? Yes. At school. Okay. Because you came across as being a little bit different compared to everybody else or not within the norm? Absolutely. Okay. So that would then have you in a very difficult position because would you have not fitted in with your peers for the most part? Okay, and you felt somewhat like an outsider. Absolutely. Okay. Where did you cut yourself? Um, well, I usually do it or did it on my thighs, on my stomach, and my wrist. And these were superficial so cuts? Uh, depending on how I was feeling, yes. Would there be blood drawn from that? Yes, there would be, and I would have to clean it up after, and it was kind of, it could get really bad. In what way? Um, 
Well, when you when you cut and you see the blood, you get this kind of satisfaction, like, yes, I, I drew blood. But then after all the adrenaline and stuff goes away, it's like, oh, my God, what did I just do? Mm. Did I really just, did, did I do this again? And it's it's hard because especially if you're trying to, to stop, you get that adrenaline and stuff going through your head like, yes, this feels so good. But then mm. when all of it goes away, it's like, oh, no, do I really... No. Did you describe this feeling to your parents? Uh, not until recently. Okay, and how old are you now, Lauren? I'm 18. So from 12 to what point did you continue to cut yourself? Until June of, or April of 2013. It's been a year on the 21st of April. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to talk more about that later on in the show, okay? But I'm very proud of you. Um, Is this very difficult to talk about, Lauren? Yes, it is, and no, because if, if I'm talking about it, it's kind of like I'm trying to help somebody else as well. So if I okay. can get over it, somebody else can as well. Okay. That's great. Um, now, if somebody was in your situation right now and they were talking about cutting and you were both talking about it, would it trigger any form of anxiety-type feelings that would make you want to go in yourself? Yes, it, it okay. would, because just talking about it and everything gets the kind of like the urge to do it, but okay. you know from being clean for so long that you shouldn't because it'll just go downhill like a downslope of a roller coaster. So is it like an addiction? Absolutely, it is. Ah, okay. So this... Last year has been a very eventful time for you. Yeah. And we're going to talk later on with what you've replaced um, your self-harm problems that you've had and what you're doing about it now, how you're coping now without having to do that. So do you live with your parents, Lauren? Excuse me? Do you live with your parents? Oh, no. I live with my grandmother. Okay. Is it just you and your grandmother? Yeah. Okay. Was it easier to disguise what you were doing because it was just you and her rather than in a large family situation? Yes, it is. Because if I wanted to wear, let's say, long pants, she wouldn't really question it. And if I wanted to wear, like, a jacket, it's like, oh, yeah, the school inside gets really cold, so I just bring an extra jacket. Mm. And it's not really hard to hide. But when you have so many people asking, like, if you're in a household of, like, your whole family, mm. it's kind of harder because it's like, oh, well, it's not hot in here right now. And you're like, oh, it's just for a precaution. 
Now, you were doing this from the age of 12 to, and you said you're 18 now, correct? So yes. up till about 17. How many scars did you have in that time? I had a lot. Really? Yeah. And no, and like, no one saw this? Uh, not really. I would hide them pretty well. You can get makeup to put on top of them or just wear long sleeves or you can wear like a bunch of bracelets mm-hmm. to hide them. But after a while, it just gets really old of having to wear the same thing or going through the same routine every day. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you had it down, Pat. You know, you, you literally had a, a way of living at that time and disguising what you were doing. Yeah. And certainly, if no one saw any of that, you were actually pretty successful, right? Yeah. And did that give you a sense of accomplishment? Yeah. It was a sense of accomplishment because nobody would find out you had this like, oh, yeah, I'm so sly kind of feeling like I could take over the world, but in reality, you're just ruining yours. So you had a sense of control, which you didn't have in the school setting when you were being bullied um, and, and, and ill-treated, but this gave you a sense of control. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, I keep thinking about from age 12 to 17, the amount of scars that you would have had, though. Well, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm really lucky that I don't scar that much mm-hmm. and that um, my mom works as a home caretaker. So she has, like, okay. antibacterial stuff that I could clean myself with, and I really kind of got off on that. Like, if I would pour alcohol on myself, I would feel the rush of, like, oh, my gosh, that hurts. Mm. Like, I deserve this. I deserve this pain. So that's kind of one of my things. So a lot of self-loathing, a lot of self-hate, a lot of low self-esteem issues were coming out of this. Yes. Okay. You know, I want to talk a little bit more about that um, just after the break. Okay, Lauren? So please stay on the line. I'm Jacqueline James Friedman, and this is The Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to The Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. Once again, here's Jacqueline James Friedman. Hi, and welcome back to The Path to a Better Future with Jacqueline James Friedman on TalkZone.com. My guest is Lauren from California, and we are currently discussing self-mutilation. Lauren, are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay, super. Um, I'm a little bit intrigued about the cleaning up element once you went through the act of self-harm. What was that about? Um, I don't know. Cleaning gave me this... It was a little bit of satisfaction and regret. The satisfaction mm. would be from, oh, yeah, I see the blood. 
I mm-hmm. get the whole rush out of seeing the the red and mm-hmm. it dripping and having to like clean it up the burning of like if I would put alcohol mm-hmm. or just having to bandage myself up that would just give me this rush and did you feel a relief after you'd committed the act yes it's like all of the pent up feelings of anger and sadness and anxiety would just flush away okay at age 12 this was the beginning of what you were doing okay yeah were there other issues going on prior to that that kind of had you at the end of your tether and this was the last resort to gain some control was there other issues going on earlier in your life um i had parent issues I went through a parental guardianship battle mm-hmm. at like age five. Okay. With my parents and just being overweight my whole life, I would always get teased for that. I was mm-hmm. always kind of like the oddball of my group. Okay. Yeah. You didn't fit in? No. Where were your parents in all of this? Um... They were here, but I didn't live with them, so they okay. were, I didn't really have that parental hold on my whole life. Mm-hmm. Did Did your grandmother know that you were experiencing all of these issues at school? Um, she knew a little bit of what I would tell her, mm. but she had so much she had so much else to worry about that I didn't want to worry her about me I see It's very mature for a young age Yeah I I I I would try if I didn't have a mom and my grandma was working all the time I mm. wouldn't have anything Well that's a tribute to her isn't it Yeah Well Yeah just... What were you going to say Lauren Oh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at age five, you began to experience not fitting in with everybody else. Did yeah. you have any friends whatsoever, Lauren? I had a couple friends, mm-hmm. but it wasn't to the point that I could share kind of everything with. They were like, mm-hmm. come and go, friend. I had a class with them, and we would, hi. How are you doing? Okay, bye. Mm-hmm. Type thing. How did this impact your schoolwork, if at all? Um, I would focus more on my schoolwork since I didn't have anyone to talk to about. Okay. Well, that's so, interesting because you, you kind of threw yourself into your work. So are you a pretty good student? I try to be. <laughs> Other than, you know, sometimes teenagers get lazy. That's, yeah. that's my issue. <laughs> but as a, an overall student, I want you to be really positive with me. Are you a good student? Yeah, I'm, I'm a good student. I get my stuff yeah. done. I'm in college. I'm doing what I should be doing. Good. And we're going to talk about that later on, too, what you're doing now, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, were there any other particular 
stressful events that would trigger you? Um, other than the bullying mm-hmm. and um, me being bisexual, I know it was just a constant battle of what is outside and what is on the inside. Did you ever have any times during the age of 12 and 17 that you visited a doctor for just a general checkup? Um, checkup for actual, like, body? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, like, cutting or anything? No, just for general, you know, um, physicals, for example. Only a couple. Only okay. when I got, like, really sick. When what? When was that? Excuse me. When was that? Um, I would get sick pretty often. In what way? It wasn't like stomach or me like falling or something. I don't know. Mm. I was pretty clumsy. Okay. Uh, and like my mental stress would get to my actual body, and I'd get sick. Ah, okay. Were you diagnosed with anything at all? Um, until recently, um, I didn't think anything was wrong to go to the doctor for. Okay. So what I was thinking, Lauren, was that when you went for perhaps a just a general checkup, physical, um, did the doctors ever pick up on any of the scars? Um, not that I can remember, no. Okay. I would just so this, play it off if they did okay. anything. So this was a very, very dark secret. Yeah, it was, until recently. Yeah. And when you were going through all of this, were there any times when you cut and you were totally aware of what you were doing, or were there any times when you would blank out and wake up and think, what did I do here? Did you ever experience anything like that? Yes. Once or twice, I would get so emotionally drained that I would just black out and just not know what I was doing. It was like I was like going crazy. And I would wake up, quote unquote, from the blackout, and I would just look at myself like, oh, my God, what did I just do? I don't even remember this. And I would panic, and I didn't have anyone else to tell. So it would just act like nothing happened around other people. But inside my head, I was like, this is just hell. Like, I don't know what to do. So explain that to me again. You would obviously get yourself into a state, right? You were feeling emotionally drained, you said. What What do you mean by that? Um, emotionally drained. I would bottle everything up, act mm. like nothing is wrong. Okay. Of like a soda bottle and you shake it and when you open it, it just explodes. Mm. So you'd be by yourself, you'd blank out, you would cut yourself, but didn't know that you were cutting yourself? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it was It was like you're blackout drunk and you don't remember anything before that moment. 
Wow. And that happened a few times. Yeah, only twice that I can remember. That's pretty scary, Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had other girls that you've spoken to in particular that have experienced the same blackouts? I never brought it up with anybody because I didn't want to sound, I don't know, stupid or that I was making anything up. And if they were to know that I blacked out, they would, like, call me crazy or something. Okay. Wow, that's pretty deep, isn't it, Lauren? Mm. Yeah. And so when you were cutting yourself, would you talk about this with other girls in the school who were perhaps doing the same thing? How did you discuss the, this with others? Well, um, I don't know. This sounds kind of stupid. But we would, like, compare scars and just talk about how we would do it. But mm. then there would be to a point of where it's like, okay, we're done. We can't be doing this anymore. And then we just wait until somebody else brings it up and act like nothing's happening after. And typically, what sort of problems would your other peers be having that they would want to do this? Uh, breaking up with a boyfriend, um, not doing well in classes, being made fun of, just typical kid problems, I guess. Where did you learn to do this, Lauren? I saw it. I think I saw it online. And I saw other people doing it. So it was like, hey, maybe I can try this. Maybe it'll work. And little did I know that I was going to get actually deep into it. So when you say you saw other people doing it, there were other girls doing it at school, or you saw this online? I Well, I saw the scars and asked them what it was. I see. It was like, it, um, it was like I saw the result of it and mm. then telling me that they felt better. So I was like, hey, maybe I can try something out and it'll work. Oh, so you saw this as a positive? Yeah. I see. And with the knowledge that you have now, Lauren, uh, statistically, are you aware of how many young people are doing this to themselves? Uh, I think so. About 10% of teenagers actually self-harm. Really? Yeah. So if you were in a classroom of 30 kids, mm-hmm. three of them would have issues with any form of self-harm. That's pretty high. Yeah. And it's kind of scary because you can just be looking at someone and it's like, they don't look like they would do it, but in a different setting, you could be completely into that. And, you know, it's funny because I was going to ask you that being, you know, because you experienced it, could you tell that someone else was doing it? And obviously your answer was no, you can't. No, not always. I mean, there's some warning signs, like out of nowhere, everyone, they'll start wearing long sleeves or more bracelets than usual, but you never know. You could, during the day, you could be this happy-go-lucky person, but when you get home, it's like all hell breaks loose. Mm. 
Okay. All right. Well, Lauren, just stay on the line for me. We're going to take a quick break, okay? I'm Jacqueline James Friedman, and this is the Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. We'll be back with more right after this. You're on the path to a better future on TalkZone. Here's Jacqueline James Friedman. Welcome back to The Path to a Better Future with Jacqueline James Friedman on TalkZone.com. My guest is Lauren from California. And just before the break, Lauren, we were talking about um, how you really can't tell if somebody is committing, you know, a self-harm act, correct? Correct. Okay. Now, what about gender? Are there more girls that are going through the act than there are Young men, for example? Um, I actually don't know that. Um, okay. Because it's all a matter of how you feel, but I, they say that depression is higher in women than in men. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that could play a factor in it as well. Okay. Do but you know of any young men? Oh, you do. Okay, know, so you have I come know across. A bunch of guys. Do they use the same razor blades, paper clips? Do they do the same thing, or is it different? Do you know? Um, well, yeah. Well, that's usually that's the most common that you can use. Those are the easiest to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. And it's not always about what is the easiest to cut with. It's just what's available. I see. Whether okay. It be, whether it be a razor, a knife, paper clip, you can fold a paper to make it sharp enough. Anything, mm-hmm. if you really put your mind to it. Right. And then what would they tell you would be the reason for them cutting? Just everything. That's basically the answer that they would give me. You would ask, oh, why are you doing this? And like everything, just life in general, it's just so hard. Mm. And all the stress builds up and I just need an outlet for something. Yeah. And a lot of people find serenity with cutting, but it's it's just so bad. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is for sure. I'm just happy that you're not doing it um, at this time and that, that you've completed one year. So I'm really very, very ecstatic for you, actually. Um, what was the impact of self-harm when your family actually discovered that you were carrying this secret? Um, actually, still to this day, the only person that knows of my family is my mom. And when she first found me, she just she, she just stared at me and asked why and started crying. How did she find out? I was changing one day. She walked in and saw. I didn't oh. intentionally show her. It was it was summer, so I took my jacket off and was getting ready to go change. Mm-hmm. And she, she just stopped me and was like, why? She didn't even ask if it was cutting. She just asked why. And once you obviously talked to her about that, what happened? Um... At first, she 
she didn't understand at all. She mm. said I could have talked to her. I could have done so many other things. But in reality, if I really did tell her exactly what was running through my mind, mm. it she wouldn't have agreed at all. Okay. What changes have you seen in yourself physically and emotionally since then? Physically, um, my skin has cleared up. Like, I don't have as many visible scars anymore. I I can wear shorts and short sleeves when I want to and not have to worry about wearing either extra bracelets or just wearing long sleeves. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't have to worry about any of that stuff anymore. Mm, good. It's a lot. And then emotionally. I'm sorry, Lauren. And emotionally. No, it's okay. Uh huh. <laughs> um, it's a lot easier to not hide than it is to hide, obviously. But sure. It's, it's comforting knowing that I don't have to hide anymore. And even if you do see my scars, I'm open to being like, oh yeah, I used to do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm not really guilted by it anymore. So you're very, very comfortable with yourself now. That's what you're saying. Yes. Very good. I, I try. Okay. Um, keeping that secret would have meant that you lived a lie for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy how many lies you have to keep telling everybody and yourself. Like what? Give me an example. Give me an idea of what that life looked like compared to now? Um, it's like when you are, when I was cutting, I had to live myself as a shadow. I, mm. I couldn't be in the spotlight in fear of someone seeing my scars or seeing my cut marks or, or anything of that matter. Mm-hmm. And now I, I don't have to worry about hiding anything. Yeah. It's a matter of I feel clear. I'm not mm-hmm. mudded down by my scars. And what about emotionally? Emotionally, um I feel I feel better. Like, okay. With with not as many scars on myself. It it's kind of superficial. I feel mm-hmm. better because I look better. Sure. But emotionally, I don't have to worry about, oh, are they thinking of me? I I have a clearer shoulder. I have a clearer head Mm. because I don't have to worry about, oh, I'm going to go home and cut. Or it's not always on my mind anymore. When your mother found out about what you were doing, did, did you find that she was much more observant of you after that? Um, For the beginning, she tried to avoid me. She did what, sorry? She tried to avoid me in the beginning. Uh, and what did when, that look like? Um, since I don't live with her, she uh-huh. would just drop me off from school or she would, like, just say hi and bye. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't really talk to me until I guess she was comfortable and then she came up to me and was talking to me about it. It's like she had to give herself time Mm. gather it all together, I guess. Mm-hmm. How long ago was that? It was 
That was in April or May of last year. Oh, okay. So very soon after you made a decision, once you told your mother what was going on, you decided to stop. Yes. Well, that was interesting. Yeah, it was like the moment I got caught, everything just fell apart. Like, I couldn't hide it because she knew. Mm -hmm. It was like like hide and seek. Once you're found, you're it. And is that typical of everybody else as well, Lauren? Um, no. Okay. What? A lot of people what was the difference for it. you? Yeah, a lot of people continue to do it. So what was the difference for you? Um, I had been doing it for five, almost six years. And I was just getting sick of the routine and having to do it all the time. And it was getting to the point where I would do it so often that the old scars wouldn't heal before I started a new one. Mm-hmm. Did you go back into the old scars then? Yes. Not make a new scar? It depends. If I wanted to be really bad, I could go back into the old scars. But if I wanted to make new ones, I would. And so it would depend on the... Usually the old ones. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then you're feeling real bad. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's very interesting to know. So you're you're really inflicting more pain because you feel incredible pain. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is quite interesting, Lauren. Are you okay talking about this still? Yes. Okay, because I want to make sure that you're okay. I know that... Um, Talking about this can incite certain emotions. Um, we want to make sure that you're okay. Uh, so last year, April, you told your mother you stopped and that was it? Um, kind of, yes. It sounds very I, simple. It, it's, it's really not. No. It's, it's, it's like you're having a battle inside your own head. It's like you have two people. You have the one that wants to cut and then the one that doesn't. Mm. It's kind of like the little idiom of the angel and the, the devil hanging on your shoulder. Mm. And one of them is like, yes, you should do it. You should do it. And the other one is like, no, you've already gone this far. Mm-hmm. And when I decided to stop, it was like cold turkey. I just, I just stopped. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm just so happy for you. I can't keep saying in that enough, really. <laughs> um, yeah. When you talk to other people that are still cutting, what advice do you give them? Think of the long run. If, if you keep doing it, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And if you do it for so long, mm. 
someday someone's going to find out. And if they already found out, what are they going to do if they find out again? Mm. And if you have, like, I know I'm not, I'm not the perfect, I'm not perfect. I still have issues with it. I still have my days where it's like, oh my gosh, I want to cut. But I Mm. know that I shouldn't. And so if you just keep on living your life in a lie of, like, cutting and everything, how how are you going to get through everything else? It's just one issue building up on another. Sure. Sure. It's a very good way of looking at it, Lauren. Um, you know, I think we're going to take a quick break before I go into um, how you've moved forward with all of this. So stay on the line. I'm Jacqueline James Friedman, and this is The Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. We'll be back with more right after this. Let's return to Jacqueline James Friedman for more of The Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. Hi, and welcome back to The Path to a Better Future with Jacqueline James Friedman on TalkZone.com. We're in the last segment of the show, and my guest is Lauren from California. And uh, just before the break, we were discussing self-mutilation, but we were also looking at um, where Lauren is now with regards to recovery. So, Lauren, what are your plans for the future? Um, well, right now I am in community college mm-hmm. getting my AA to transfer in psychology and music so that mm-hmm. I can transfer to a college in California and go into the music therapy program. Wow. Okay. So what does that mean for you? Um, as in, like, what do you mean? What does that mean for me? I'm sorry. <laughs> Music therapy and the psychology, what does that mean to you? Oh, it's quite significant. I am really big into music. Or uh-huh. I think I am. <laughs> and uh-huh. um, it's one of the things that gets me through the day, whether it's listening or playing myself or writing it out. It, it, it's a huge calmer for me. Okay. Have you always played music? Uh, yes and no. Okay. I started a choir in third grade. Okay. I started actual band in sixth. Okay. So when you decided that you were not going to do anything to harm yourself anymore... Did you begin to focus more on music, or was that always there? Um, I played more when I quit than when I did before. Okay. And the whole psychology aspect of it is what? So that you can bring messages out in the future to others? Are you looking to have a career with this? Yes. I'm looking to have a career in music therapy to become a licensed music therapist. And um, with Music, if it can help me, maybe mm-hmm. it can help other people. Mm-hmm. So if it's, I want to be the gateway for that. Because if I can get over, or at least trying to get over depression, anxiety, and self-harm, 
with music, I can help somebody else with the same problem or maybe even Be- more. Beautiful. You just mentioned anxiety. Were you diagnosed with anxiety? Yes. Okay. How did you, let's talk a little bit more about how you made those changes so that you feel less anxiety now, you feel more assured about yourself, you feel more in control, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk about the steps that you took to make those changes. This is very, very important for others listening in, so it helps them. Yeah, for me, whenever I'd feel anxious, I'd either pick up my instrument, and I was teaching myself how to play guitar and piano, and I already mm-hmm. had played other instruments, that, mm-hmm. or I would sleep. <laughs> okay. Were you diagnosed by a doctor, or do, are you just saying that you felt anxious? Um, I got diagnosed by a therapist recently, but I didn't know before. I actually had it. It came. Okay. So when you got diagnosed, what happened after that? Um, I got help. <laughs> what kind of help did you get? Um, I originally started going to therapy mm-hmm. uh, a week, once a week, and then I would wean, I would try to wean myself off of it. Mm. And in there, we would talk about ways to cope with the anxiety, different Mm -hmm. ways to change my thinking process to where Mm -hmm. I could go on with my life without having to worry and that kind of stuff. Okay. And were you also administered medication as well for anxiety or not? Yes. I take Prozac. Okay. Once a day, sometimes I have issues taking it because I'm just Mm. forgetful. Okay. Recently, I've set an alarm to tell me when to take it, so that's been easier to remind myself too. So the medication and the therapy has that really been the key for you to your success now to staying in recovery? Yes. Just the fact when you have a therapist to talk to and that mm-hmm. I can express my emotions other than just cutting mm. music. It, it's, it's, it's big. Okay. So it's a much healthier way. So if you were, if someone came to you and said, Lauren, I cut, I do this, I do the other, what advice would you give this young person? Well, one, that they could talk to me whenever they needed to. Because me personally, if I had someone to talk to all the time about it, I could have probably mm. quit before. But I, I was hiding it, and I was trying to just hide it from everything and everyone mm. and act like it wasn't happening, then mm. there's no way I could get help. Right. So if they were to, so- to talk to me, I could try to help. So the key is to have an outlet for sure. Yes, whether it's to talk. talking to someone or writing or mm-hmm. listening to music or something. Just It's easier to stop now mm. than wait years later and regret mm. doing it when you want to. Mm. 
do you have a blog site or do you talk to a number of other people that are online that are experiencing the same problems? Um, well, I have a blog, but it's a personal blog, so I just put any, anything I want to, whether it's okay. talking about like my friends or something. But I usually mm. talk to my therapist or the friends that I have now. Okay. If I'm open about it, I can talk to them, and I'm not shut out because they understand now. Mm, okay. We had a show a few weeks back, actually, on anxiety, and it's it's quite a debilitating illness to have. Um, have you found that that anxiety has been reduced significantly since maybe age 12 when you first started cutting? To now? Yes. 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 Did you yeah. also experience panic attacks as well? Yes. You I did. did, okay. If I was in a situation to where I would think that I was either going to get caught or there were too many people or if I had to associate with people, I would mm. have a panic attack. How did that work out for you in the school setting? Because you, you, you have to socialize. I guess sometimes you may have to discuss your projects in front of other people. Was that an issue for you? That is a hard issue, yes. I still have issues with it, but through positive thinking and steps that my therapist have told me, mm. um, I can I can associate better than what I did before. Are you proud of yourself, Lauren? I am. I am proud of myself. Because you should be. And I hope that this message gets out to others how how devastating and how difficult it was for you and, and this burden that you kept for all those years is now out in the open and that you have definitely shown how successful you are becoming in terms of your goals, your dreams, your aspirations. I mean, what do you see now versus age 12? Well, now I can actually see myself having a future. I'm mm -hmm. not ridden with guilt of my past. I'm not ridden with how am I going to live another day. I can mm -hmm. actually see myself going to college, getting my career, and helping other people when, say, age 12, 13, all I could help was trying to help myself. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Is there anything that you want to send out, out there, Lauren, to others um, with this predicament? If you have a problem, seek help. Because mm -hmm. you can only help yourself when you ask for help. Mm -hmm. And if, if something is bothering you, find someone to tell. Because it is better to tell than to bottle it up and then it get exploded later. Right. Has your doctor noticed a difference in you? Uh, yes, actually. I'm not okay. as gloomy, I guess, as before. I, I have a clear head and I can actually talk now. Okay. What about your family members? Well, your grandmother and your mother, for example, what do you think they've seen 
in you, if at all? Oh, they've seen an improvement. They see how it's easier for me to, let's say, just go to the store and mm. ask for help and not have to worry. And they see that I'm not always in bed or just doing nothing. I'm actually productive with myself now that I don't have to worry that someone's going to judge or anything like that. Yeah, that's wonderful. I I am so, so thankful for you uh, sharing this story because I know that um, something as deep as this can actually also trigger you. And I want to just make sure that after speaking to you that you are okay before we end the show. Yes, I am, I am fine. I feel empowered. You feel empowered. Oh, that's a beautiful yeah. word. Thank you. That's wonderful. And I want you to continue to be empowered, Lauren, and believe in yourself and know that you have a great future, that you're a human being that has, has needs and aspirations and that you can pretty much do whatever you want to do within reason. You've just shown that you've been able to complete one whole year without committing the act of self-harm. So congratulations to you. Thank you. And thank you so very much for sharing that story today with us. I hope others have been listening in. And there is a re-recording on this, so I hope that other people will listen in later on. So, Lauren, thank you very, very much. This is all that we have for this week. I'll be back next week at the same time. Thank you for listening to The Path to a Better Future with Jacqueline James Friedman on TalkZone.com. 